Hello, my friends. Kenny Stevens here, and welcome to Rookie Real Estate, where your road to success begins right here and right now. Whether you're looking to transition from your day job to your dream job, or you're on the road to your first 50 transactions, success is in the details, my friends, and we are going to unpack the fundamental principles required for you to thrive. Are you ready? Let's do this. Thank you for your feedback and five-star reviews. We are growing, and I've got you to thank for that. Last week, I joked about having seven listeners. In all actuality, Rookie Real Estate has been listened to thousands and thousands of times. It's humbling to know how many people tune in week after week. So thank you. Feel free to reach out to me with questions and or comments. I'd like to talk about what you're struggling with. What are your fears? What are your strengths? Talk to me. Let me know. Knowledge is power, my friends, and thanks. And that's why uh, we are doing what we do today, providing value through knowledge. So please let me know. Tell a friend. Share the love with somebody. Now, we are blowing and going through the buyer series. Last week, we dove into the title process, and today we're going to dive into inspections. I've got a special guest in studio with me today. This guy has been my go-to home inspector for my entire career. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Bill Collins from Ultrasound Home Inspections. And if I had a little cue button, there'd be a little crowd going, ah! Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for coming in. I called him last week and I'm like, hey, Bill, what are you doing next Wednesday? He's like, why? And I'm like, how about a podcast? So this is your first podcast, right? This is my first podcast and um, a little nervous, but I'm ready to go. Okay. Well, don't be nervous. Just picture the audience in their underwear. It works great for me every week. So most of the people that we're talking to, I picture, I literally picture in my head, they're they're in their day job and they're in a grind. And on Monday mornings at 6 a.m., I'm picturing them in rush hour traffic, heading to a work that they don't like at all. And they're dreaming of transitioning into real estate and they wanna learn what they need to know before they jump. So that's kind of my picture in the audience and the people that are in their first 50 transactions trying to grind through. Those are the hardest. You remember your first inspection? You're like, they probably took you like six hours. Well, now it takes you about two. New construction condo, you were there for three days trying to inspect it, but now you can blow through them in about two hours. So, you know, that's, you know, that's how the picture that we're looking for. So that's right. Don't be nervous. Uh, Let me tell you about Bill. So Bill uh, was doing home inspections before doing home inspections was cool. Now, over 15 years now, right? That's correct. All right. So tell me how many inspections do you think you guys have logged? Uh, We've done uh, 20,000 plus home inspections in the last 15 years. 
over 20,000. Guys, if you're going to learn from somebody, learn from somebody who has screwed it up over 20, I mean, got it right over 20,000 times. I'm just kidding, Bill. You don't do 20,000 by screwing it up, do you? Oh, we do not. (laughs) That's right. Now, uh, with the audience, they're listening, you know, the inspection on the buyer's process all the way, probably one of the biggest things that kills what I do as a realtor is the inspection process. So you're a vital part of what I do. Now, a little side note before I start diving into questions on Bill. Now, this guy, we've been skiing together. All right. He and his beautiful wife, Kippy, she's in the audience here today. We go up to Breckenridge, Colorado. This guy is a beast. When he gets off of a ski lift, he literally turns his skis downhill and never slows down. Most, you know, go side to side and enjoy the view and stop for a break. Not Bill Collins. This is an Olympic downhill skier right here, and he is fearless. Now, you may not have made the Olympics, but you are literally fearless. Is that true? Well, I don't know how to control my speed. (laughs) (laughs) Just straight downhill. All right, Bill. Well, I I enjoy those days. Luckily, neither one of us died. We're getting a little old for that now, That's right. I think. Uh, I, I get a lot more sore when that happens. So I want you to give me, because this is such a critical process in the buying, I mean, nobody wants to buy somebody else's lemon. And really, all that weight is on your shoulders and your company's shoulders to really dive into a house, not necessarily intrusive because you can't, but to really give a buyer confidence to know that they're not buying a lemon. Now, give me a history about the home inspection industry. Give Catch us up on that. Well, home inspection started back in the 1970s, and people were going out hiring contractors and handyman to go look at their houses before they bought them to make sure there wasn't anything that they were, you know, didn't know about. And so, um, and that's how I got started. I, I was in the construction business my, pretty much my whole life. And so we, I had uh, relatives and friends come to me wanting me to go look at their house right. uh, to look, make sure they weren't buying a lemon or whatever. And so I always thought they would make a good living. Uh, and then home inspection started becoming uh, more popular back in the early 2000s, late 1990s. And so... Um, I, I became a home inspector in 2004, and I was really nervous about leaving the, uh, the corporate world that I was in. <laughs> hey, I'm going to go be an entrepreneur and inspect homes. What did Kimpy say about that? She's like, uh, this is a good idea or a bad idea? Well, uh, we, we didn't know at first. Uh, we actually uh, had a little side business building kitchen cabinets while this business took off. And once I got it built up to a certain point, then she was able to leave her job and join me. And uh, she started answering the phone and uh, and going into real estate offices and talking to realtors and things like that. But so, truthfully, uh, that's when the business really launched, right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he put Kempy in charge. That's right. <laughs> and then in, in 2006, Tennessee uh, made home inspectors become licensed. Okay. And, and at that time, there were 2,500 home inspectors in Tennessee. And after 2006, it came down to 400. Because wow. they couldn't pass a test, or it was they had to have insurance, and it was too expensive, the overhead and all of that. So that helped us out a lot. However, in 2006, you know, right after that came the recession. Yes. And then six, seven, and eight were yeah. So all we were inspecting then were foreclosures and short sales and things like that. They were just had been abused or abandoned or. 
so that was uh, even we did pretty good in those years, but it was rough starting out inspecting those kind of houses. Uh, but now things have changed. Now it's all new construction because the inventory is low, and uh, uh, so we do a lot of new construction. We do a lot of, of course, people are uh, moving in here. Like a hundred people a day are moving to Middle Tennessee. So we uh, we stay busy. Uh, and like I say, but most of our, most of our houses and our newer houses are uh, are new construction. Well, you know, even back in six, seven, and eight, because that's when I've got in the business as well. Reckless on both of our parts. Honestly, it's actually crazy to get the business in the middle of a recession. But the we were using your inspections to do short sales and present to the bank and go, hey, here's the thirty page report that's wrong with this, and actually we could get the price lowered and help the seller out by getting a buyer quicker because the house is more affordable. So really, you were serving a multi-purpose, not only not buying a lemon, but also helping get the price lower for the bank to take less for the home in a short sale process. And that's a whole nother story for another day, but your roles kind of transitioned. You were just doing what was necessary still with the home inspection, but we were using it differently Yes. then. Yeah, you can do that when it's a buyer's market, but when it's a seller's market, a lot of times they won't repair a lot of things. They just say, here, here it is. And, and if you don't take it, there's three or four people backed up waiting, waiting to buy it. Absolutely. Uh, so mainly, at this, at this time, uh, it's just to make sure there's no surprises. And a lot, like I say, a lot of times the sellers refuse to repair certain things if it's something they were unaware of like a leak in the shower pan something like that they, they may do that but if it's nitpicking stuff they they just refuse to do it yeah i often kid with my agents and i'm actually not kidding even on this podcast i'm like we're not looking for a honeydew we're looking for literal deal breakers that somebody has drilled through a three-inch plumbing pipe through the header joist or the main joist. You know, things like that will actually be a problem, like foundation issues. But, you know, talk about the in the home inspection, being a home inspector, you know, the schooling requirements, what do you have to do, like certifications and continuing education? Because I want my listeners to be able to go and find somebody that they know is going to be good. So what was required? You said a couple thousand to 400 Good gracious. I mean, that put a lot of people, one, out of business that should have been. But two, your competition was a lot less. Of course, it's probably gone back up now. It has gone back up. Uh, and uh, in Tennessee, of course, you got to have a state license. And it requires going to a 90-hour school. And then you have to take their state test, which is about a 200-question test. And, and then once you pass that test, then you have to have proof of insurance, general liability, as well as errors and omission. And so literally anybody can become a home inspector in a couple of three weeks. Wow. So we got a three-week degree, and you're going and telling people whether or not they should buy a house or not. <laughs> on, well, same thing with the realtor. Realtor is a two-week degree and then a 30-hour uh, at-home uh, process. So we both have about a three-week degree. So this is also critical, guys. I mean, as you're being interviewed as an agent, the company you hang your license with is critical so you can use their street cred. You know, even uh, home inspectors dive in and ask questions just because they show up with donuts in the office. Don't necessarily just go, oh, they're home inspectors. I've got one. You know, do a little research, find out how long they've been around, get the ones that are good. Even the extra certifications that they go through, they can get free like associations and things like that. Make sure the people you're hiring are quality. So what separates, Bill, and your 
your opinion, the difference between a good home inspector and one of less quality? And I know that you're not the kind of guy that's going to trash your competitors, but I mean, seriously, if you were an agent, think like an agent for a minute. What separates you guys? Well, in my opinion, it would be building experience because in this occupation, you can't fake it till you make it. You just, there's just so much. You either know what you don't. That you either know what you need, load-bearing walls and load load points. And when we, I can pull into a driveway and look at a house and look at the ridge, the upper ridge of the roof and just look at it and, and get a good idea of what I'm walking into. And um, if, if you've never driven a nail or you've never wired a house or plumbed a house, there's it, it would take you years to learn a fraction of what a builder would learn right and so uh, and and we learned the hard way of we, we we were told years ago that you just need to hire somebody with a good personality that would you know talk to people and handle people but that got us in trouble uh, a few times and so now we will only hire uh, people that have been either remodelers or contractors or builders that know what they're talking about because when you get to those inspections you're going to get asked all kind of questions about that house and again you got to know what you're talking about you cannot fake that part when people start literally asking you like is this a load-bearing wall you need to be able to know whether it is or it is (laughs) can i I take this wall out right or uh why is this door uh why is this door not square or this door not closing you know if it's on the outside walls because the walls are always moving up and down you never want to hinge a door on the on an exterior wall just things like that and it goes you know it goes on and on about wiring and is this wiring safe is our screwing fuses safe and and we can explain a lot of things, and that's how we calm people down. Because to us, nothing's really a big deal unless it's a major foundation issue. Right. I mean, anything can be repaired, and uh, and we and we teach our guys how to communicate their findings to our clients, and uh, and I tell our guys nothing is a big deal. Anything can be fixed, uh, and so we let we, we we present our findings to our clients, and we let them and their, them and their realtor decide what they want to do. So one of the steps that early on that Terry, I remember whenever he was teaching me, he's like, and even Terry used you guys for years, uh, obviously before he retired, but uh, you know, the, the report that you guys give and that is so critical. You've got like yellow, you got green, yellow, and red. And what I like is I'm going straight to the summary and I'm looking for the red. I mean, that's what I do on y'all's reports because I'm like, I know very quickly in about 90 seconds, What's wrong with this house? What needs to be asked for? It's almost doing my job as a realtor for me. And listen to me, guys, you need that. Because if you're not up to date on this stuff, I built houses as a superintendent. I've remodeled tons of houses, bought and flipped property. So I kind of understand the process and have done most of the work myself. But if, you know, we've got agents in our office that are like, I've never turned a switch on, you know, I've never, I've never taken a plate cover off. I don't know what's behind that little white cover. Uh, then these summary reports that you guys do, I mean, whatever program you do is incredible. Uh, is that, I guess that's normal. I've seen other ones too, but n- never as detailed and as clear point. You got little arrows and drawings. So, well, one thing we, we tried to do early on and we learned this is we try to make it as easy as possible for our realtors. And so uh, we were the first ones uh, to have a center card access. Back in the early 2000s, they, wouldn't, they would only allow uh, agents to have a center card. So my wife went to real estate school, got her real estate license. 
to get it. So that you could have sensory card access. Yeah. That is brilliant. So that's the first thing we did. And then we, we uh, got a program that where you could pay credit card online and, and sign our service agreement, which the state requires. So we were doing things to make the real estate agent's life as easy as possible. So this report of ours, uh, we all we send out two attachments, and one is the full report for the client, and one is just a summary with pictures for the agents. So all we have to go through is our summary with the photos in there. And this new program that we have will allow you to get that summary or the main report, and you can select. We can send you a link to click on, and you can select the items that you want repaired and hit generate, and it will generate you a report. <laughs> Of you can send to the other agent because the agents now don't don't want the full report. Oh no, they don't Absolutely want it. Not. And then the other thing, uh, most people don't know this, but you could we can send you a link, and you can go to Starbucks and have a cup of coffee, and you can watch us inspect on your iPad. And as as we select things and put photos in the report, you can sit there and watch us fill the report Almost out. Almost like a live feed. Like, like a live feed. Wow, that's pretty fun. And so we've done a lot of things to make our life, uh, to make our realtor's life as, as simple as possible. Well, and when there's 400 steps to be done in the buying process, having that the little luxuries of that right there, even just going to get your Century Card, for guys that don't know what the Century Card is, it may be called different in other states, but it's a digital lockbox that is attached to the house that you've got to have a card and now an app. You can do it with an app that gets you access to the digital boxes. The other boxes are called combo boxes, which have about four digits and they give you a code and then you just enter the code and it opens up. But the real quality agents have have digital boxes because it's a better level of protection. Of course, they're also $130, $40 a piece. So not everybody can afford those starting right out of the bat, but it is a good thing to have. Of course, you guys got access. Now all, they passed it where all inspectors can get that now. So that's finally the uh, real estate caught up to what need to be done. But you guys going ahead and getting that to begin with was, was brilliant to get you in the door. So obviously looking for agents looking for home inspectors what are you guys looking for because any good mutual relationship needs to be beneficial on both parts so as a realtor i want my people listening and also our agents here in this office to be a good advocate for the people that they work with and huge to me is loyalty but what are you looking for whenever you're interviewing agents or they're calling you going hey i think i'd like to use your company you know what what are you looking for what's the best fit for you guys when you're looking for a realtor relationship well we love all of our agents we have probably about 160 something agents that use us but our, I would say our favorite agents are the agents that want to take care of their clients. They won't sell them something that they don't need. Right. I mean, a first-time home buyer that's they're in their early 20s, they're on a tight budget, doesn't need a house with a thousand things wrong with it. Yes. And uh, so we, we, want to, we want our clients to be happy because uh, if they're not, things can go south really quick. And... Uh, just I know that there was an inspection that I thought of when I was preparing for this that it was a young couple it was their first house Uh, I did the inspection there was a lot of things wrong with the house Uh, the seller seller made the repairs I went back to the house for a re-inspection and the things were poorly repaired and I told the agent and the client that they were poorly repaired so they came back and tried it again i went back for three different times on re-inspections wow and the house was just it was just jerry-rigged and they ended up buying it 
And then after they ended up buying it, they kept, they kept, things kept going south, and they kept calling the agent, and the agent got fed up and says, you need to call the home inspector. And of course, as a home inspector, we don't get in there whether you should buy it or not. We just tell you what's wrong with it and let you figure right. it out. That's, that's we, outside your wheelhouse. Yeah, You're we like, can't, here's what's wrong, you decide. We get asked a thousand times, would you buy this house? And I say, look, I've already owned a house. I don't need another one, so I'll just stay out of it. That's a good answer. Yeah. I've already got one, I'm not buying this one. That's right. Well, the probably the be of, being at a point of production, and usually you see this a lot in my industry, if an agent is doing enough deals that they can support their family, they actually make better decisions for their clients. So they're not desperate, like you've got to buy this house or I'm not paying my mortgage. That is critical in our world that you can be what's best for the client and not for you just because you need this closing so you can get your commission so that you can pay your mortgage that right there will get you more trouble than you can shake a stick at and i have no uh, no doubt in 15 years you've probably seen that happen but even buying a house now tara and i buy homes we still have them inspected you guys still go out the investment properties that we buy and i've built houses but i will never buy a house that i don't have inspected it's it's reckless in my opinion because it's not my it's not my wheelhouse. It's your wheelhouse. So staying in our lanes is critical. That's right. But obviously, obviously recommending the best thing possible. So we talked a little bit about what we should look for in a home inspector. Probably another thing that I really like about you guys is your website is so easy to set up an inspection. Guys, it's critical that you don't have to make 15 phone calls whenever you're trying to get a home inspection set up. When you can go to a, a home inspector like Ultrasound and go to their website, they've got the dates available, they got what times are available, what inspector's going to be there. I've got my preferences on who I like, and uh, I'll sign up and get them and then the other realtors already entered in they're notified they're sent emails your clients sent a, a link so they'll know when it is and then they got to pay online and it's so it's a one-stop shop website so guys when you're looking for an inspector if they don't have wherever you are in, a, in the country if they don't have these things find one that does ask top producing agents around you who the best one is so that you're not out there spinning your wheels when at a critical time like this so from time and time home inspectors uh something goes wrong maybe you overlook something i know it doesn't happen to ultrasound but let's just talk about in general uh in the industry material facts occur that are missed every now and again and that may or may not affect the value. What happens when something is missed? Like what 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 is the steps and procedures just for a brand new agent? Like what if the inspector missed the crack in the foundation? What what is happening at that point? Well, in our business, we take care of it, and we we want to be the Chick Fil A of home inspectors, and we want to treat our clients right because we just think that it will come back and and re reward us. And so what we do is. Uh, each of our inspectors, we have seven inspectors. We take out ten dollars uh, every inspection and put in a fund for each one of them. And so, if they miss anything, uh, and I think it's their fault, it comes out of their their savings, and they have to pay for it. So it makes them a better inspector. Absolutely. And then if and now that ten dollars comes out before the, their commission split, so actually sixty percent of that money is mine and forty. Of that money is mine. So, uh, at the end of the year, if they don't have any uh, issues, I give that money back to them as a Christmas bonus, and they'll nice. get they'll get four or five grand, 
four, at least four thousand dollars around Christmas time as a as a bonus, and they really and they of course they if they if they do miss something, they want to go over there and fix it. Yep, they'll they'll run there and fix it. They they don't want their savings account messed with. Yeah, they don't want to, they don't want to make a hit in that route. Well, the critical part of that that is if you can make it right, and it really was something that was actually missed. What a lot of times I've seen is somebody goes with well, a home inspector, you know. Uh, should have caught that well you guys aren't intrusive you can't yeah. take drywall off you can't go into like hvacs and pull out uh, take the panels off and look inside there so tell me what the scope of what you do what does your inspection and your license allow you to do not only all the inspections that you do uh, but also like the scope like how far intrusive can you get? Can you work work me through that? Well, uh, of course, the uh, Tennessee has the standards of practice of what we're required to inspect and what we're not required to inspect. And our, our your, your lawyers will tell you not to go past those standards because if you do, you're sticking your neck out for liability. So um, we there are certain things that we can inspect, like non-built-in appliances, like refrigerators, washer and dryers. We don't inspect anything low voltage, such as irrigation systems or doorbells or satellite dishes. The, the tough thing about that is uh, when a, somebody hires us to go in and do an inspection, they're assuming we're inspecting everything. Right. And we try to tell them up front that we, we have this standards of practice that we go by and go to, the, go, to the, go to our website and look at those standards. It's 12 pages of do's and don'ts. <laughs> so it's a lot of reading. Right. A lot of rules. And so sometimes we'll get callbacks and say, hey, you know, my irrigation system's not working correctly. And I said, well, we didn't, didn't inspect that. And, our, and on our service agreement, it's, it tells us what we do and don't inspect. And so we get phone calls. Well, I'm, I'm just paying for half an inspection then. If you're not, you're not going to inspect the whole house. I said, well, I can't inspect the whole house. Right. We can't do um, vacuum systems. But, but and, then, and then they want us to – we can get fined for things that we – if we go beyond that standard, we can get fined for that. We've gotten fined in the past. Uh, one of our inspectors called out a plumbing pipe that was the wrong material, and he was correct. However, the standards says not to they were not to do that. So we got fined we got fined five hundred dollars for calling that pipe out. Oh, so instead of galvanized it should have been copper or something well, like that. Was, you called a, it out. Yeah, and, it was a cold water pipe on a hot water line that wasn't oh. made for designed for hot water. And so he called it out as being incorrect. And your license and, and, doesn't allow that. God, yeah. look at the regulation. That's crazy. So but is Tennessee's common practices uh, is it a pretty standard across the nation or are we more strict or less strict do you know you know i don't know i don't know how how that goes across the country uh i know i know that like north carolina is really strict uh california doesn't have any license requirements at all nor you've do, got to be kidding nor me. does georgia <laughs> so, okay i'm gonna leave that comment in my head but with that being said guys this is a good point to to meet with an inspector, find out, read their websites, find out those 12 pages. That's something we don't have to know what they've got to know. But if we can understand and, and articulate to our clients, like guys, they don't do uh, irrigation systems. They don't do built-in vacuum systems uh, inside homes. They don't do pools. Now they can have it contracted out as well, but actually your license doesn't allow that. So tell me what your license does, what, what you can inspect. Well, basically, it's a visual inspection, and that's it. So we can only look at the HVAC system. We can't open it up and look at the heat exchangers. 
Uh, we can't put gauges on it. So basically, we just we just and we can only operate it by normal uh, controls like the thermostat. And so, uh, and what happens a lot of times, it's kind of sad, is these sellers will have them charged up for the inspection, and then a few months later, they'll lose their Freon charge, and they'll quit working. You got some hair leak, and then all of a sudden, yeah. in three weeks, it's 90 degrees, and you're 110 degrees inside. So yeah. we, we do a lot of recommendations. You know, If the unit is five years or older, we recommend it being looked at by HVAC contractor, because uh, they can go in there and look at the heat exchangers, they can put gauges on there, and they can tell the condition of the internal components of it. But, you know, uh, if... Uh, if we look at a, a, a closet that's full of clothes, we can't we can't move their, we can't move furniture, we can't move clothes out. If the electrical panels in the garage and they got all these storage items in the garage, uh, we're not supposed to move items to get to the electrical panel. And then if we don't inspect it, they want us to come back once it's cleaned out and do it. And of course, at your expense, and you're at, like, hey, I already, I already asked you to keep it clean once, or get it, give me access once. Yeah, well, actually, uh, and our, our system sends out a email to the listing agent and ask them to make sure that the electrical panel's cleared, make sure the uh, attic access is cleared, make sure the dogs are put up, make sure, you know, the, th- you know, the lights are on, yeah, the water's like the, on, the yeah, gas, gas is, is on. on. <laughs> you think that would be common sense, but it's not. So you take, uh, I remember seeing pictures of like, you got heat guns or temperature guns that you point, you set the thermostat at 70 degrees. And of course, in the winter, you can only do the heat. And in the summer, you can only do the air because the temperature doesn't allow the other one to kick on. But you can gauge it like that. And that gives a decent idea that it's working properly hopefully yeah but uh because of people's expectations uh things have changed over the last 10 years i mean they, they want to move into a house that's perfect and never have another problem the rest of their life and so i tell my clients if you want me to find everything wrong with this house let me move into it for about six months and i can tell you so <laughs> that's a good answer too i like that so what we do is we to cover ourselves we uh we I take a picture of the temperature of the heat coming out of the registers to make sure to verify the heat's working, and we take a picture of the of the AC working, and we verify it by a temperature gauge. We take a picture of the jacuzzi tub in operation. We take a picture of the garage doors in operations. We take a picture of all. We take about two or three hundred pictures of a house during an inspection, but only only probably about thirty or forty pictures go in the report. But most of those pictures are for our records, and we keep those in a, on a backed up on a hard drive just in case we ever need them. About a year down the road when somebody says, you missed this, be like, well. Well, one time we had a, 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 a client call and say that the garage door was damaged and we didn't write it up in the report. And so uh, I said, well, send me a picture of it. So they, they sent me a picture and it was all bent, the top of it was all bent up. And so we went back and got our pictures out of our records and it was perfect when we left the house. And somebody so, some, being shady. Somebody da- damaged it. Either the movers or somebody did. And trying to blame it on you guys. Trying to blame it on us. So obviously there's, you know, you can't you can't fix stupid and there's shady people in every area. So you guys are able to document that and hopefully cover yourself on that. But, you know, the part that I, it's being in Tennessee, I don't know what's critical in other parts of the nation. We don't have earthquake problems here. So there's probably 
you know, houses that are built for earthquakes. So I don't know that. But like radon is a big deal here. Like one house could have it and the rest of the subdivision couldn't. So, you know, radon tests where it's a cancer causing gas. It's a carcinogen that over time you breathe it and they say it could cause cancer. So in your area, wherever you're at, make sure you learn what the critical inspections are. Make your client aware of what critical inspections are because it you're your errors and omissions only covers so much. Uh, it's our job to make sure they're informed uh, as you guys inspectors, but also us as agents to make sure they're performing, you know, mold in, in high uh, yeah, humidity areas like Tennessee. Uh, mold can be an issue. Crawl spaces are an issue. You know, all those kind of things are tests that you guys can do. And I went to your website and I'm like, okay, mold screening, radon, moisture analysis, indoor air quality, video summaries, uh, infrared scans of what you were talking about a while ago, but you also have contractors that you recommend for pools and irrigation systems and termite and kind of a one-stop shop, obviously, uh, is critical. Well, that gets back to making it uh, as easy as possible for our agents. You can call our office and you can ask for a termite letter, you can ask for a pool inspection, and you can ask for these, you know, radon or uh, indoor air quality. And with one phone call, we'll do it all for you. And then we'll send the reports out to you uh, that night. Of course, radon uh, takes two days, 48 hours for the test. But um, so that, that gets back to making it uh, easy for our realtors to do business with us. Absolutely. I mean, historical homes, guys, uh, I mean, you've got another level that's got to be done with lead-based paint potentially uh, asbestos uh, older the HVAC the more you want to dive in and have that looked at roof issues you know you guys find hail damage you might we've had sellers that uh, claimed roofs on their insurance because they didn't know they had hail damage so things like that uh, and getting that done before your buyer buys it and then of course structural you guys would recommend structural engineers I've literally had your report say recommend further investigation we hire a structural engineer and we find out the house is crumbling and we're like okay we're not buying that one but so this these steps are critical uh anytime somebody says should we do a home inspection always the answer guys is always say yes if they choose not to that's on them always hire a professional company to come do that so let's talk about new construction some of my favorite pictures you know uh, bill and company come into our company and help teach our new agents and he my best thing that i love is slideshows of the pictures of stuff they find especially in new construction a brand new house uh, I remember seeing uh, there's this I-beam right down the middle of the house, and, and part of it sits underneath a bathtub, and they had cut out a three- or four-inch hole, the bottom of it, and that like the I-beam's barely holding on by a strand of wood, and you're fixing to fill up 400 gallons in this massive bathtub, and what's going to happen next? So tell me some of the nightmares that you found in new construction, and should they inspect, obviously, with new construction? Well, here's construction. the deal on new construction. Uh, the codes guy, he allows about 10 to 15 minutes per house when he inspects it, because he has about 10 or 12 houses a day he has to go inspect, and so he's pretty much running through there. And so most of the time, he doesn't go in the crawl space, and I know he doesn't walk the roof, and, and it's not their fault. They're, they're required to do that many a day, so they, don't, they, don't, they only have a certain amount of time to be there. And so here's the deal about new construction. Uh, like you say, we do find uh, cut beams and 
I've been on roofs before where there's exterior part portions of the house and everywhere finished. You can't see it from the ground level. It got overlooked or at the top of fireplaces. But the sad part about it is we do inspections quite often on a house that's four or five years old where the clients bought it brand new they never had it inspected and now we find all this stuff wrong with it and the builder's long gone and they're paying for the repairs oh my goodness we did a house the other day in franklin that was uh, original owners they were they were downsizing they were retiring their older couple and i got on the roof and there was a portion of the roof that had never been roofed it had been leaking inside the soffit ever since the house was probably eight years old so by that time it's right they had to have have the deck replaced and the fascia replaced and the shingles put on there at their expense because of the the builder he's long gone brand new construction eight years later is rotten uh, so with when it comes to i mean i remember a picture there was a a plywood on top of the uh the fireplace i mean had you not have got up there they would have started a nice little fire in their fireplace and all of a sudden burnt their house down or filled it up with smoke because nobody took the cap off of the much less put the rain cap back on top of it but even siding on the side of a house missing because you can't see it mm-hmm. guys it's the best 350 450 dollars that you will ever ever recommend your clients spending and i tell them all the time if you've got to walk away from a deal It'll be the best $500 you have ever thrown away in your entire life, especially new construction. You guys plug in little testers in each plug to make sure the polarity is not reversed. Things like that, that there's not double tapped into uh, breakers in a panel. You and I don't aren't supposed to know that, but you guys can see that and go, hey, this is going to blow every time you plug in a hairdryer and an iron, curling iron. It's going to blow because it's the breaker's not good enough for it. So critical, critical steps. That's correct. So give me the war stories, just a couple that you can think of that can really drive home this point of y'all's value in what you do. We, we did an inspection on a house that was renovated, and the, we, we sent our email out saying make sure the water is on, make sure the gas is on, the power is on. So they had the water company come by and turn the water on. Apparently it was a vacant house for a while. So the water company pulls up, unlocks the meter, and turns the water on and drives off. And so about two days later, we get there to do the inspection, and the refrigerator valve was wide open, and the whole house was flooded. And Oh, no. So who's trying to blame this now? The water department? I can't imagine all the finger pointing that occurred at that point. Because you're getting new floors again, though. Well, <laughs> you get new floors. We and new cabinets. They and call, new drywall. They called us back about a week later to have us come back and have us come back and inspect it. And the soap floor was still soaking wet. Cross place was all wet, and they ended up backing out of the deal. The smartest thing they could have done right yeah. there, because pulling yeah. up all those floors, drying it out. At that point, you're going to need a sump pump. There's going to be a, a swimming pool in your crawl space. <laughs> I can't imagine. And then another another thing we thought of last night was uh, one of our inspectors went into a crawl space, and he kept hearing this plastic move around, and he thought the termite guy was in there, and so he kept saying he kept yelling out to the termite guy, which wouldn't respond, and he got his flashlight and started investigating, and it was a python snake <gasps> in the crawl space in Tennessee. And Pythons are not indigenous to Tennessee. That's right. And <laughs> apparently he, he came out of the crawl space, of course pretty pretty shaken and went to the inside the house and told the sellers hey look 
I had to get out of your crawl space. There's a big, huge snake down there. And they started cheering. They had lost that snake about a year or, <gasps> year or so ago, a big python snake they brought back from for a pet. You know. Oh, so they're happy they found the snake in the your your guy's going to the ER for Valium because yeah. now he's having a heart attack in the crawl space. I would literally die. That's that would that that point right there of crawling into somebody's crawl space and I've done it. I've put on those one piece suits, I've duct taped my neck around and my ankles and my wrists so spiders can't crawl down my back. But that that would keep me from doing home inspections because I do not want to crawl under a two foot crawl space on my belly in the middle of the summer and all those snakes and spiders so you guys at that point do not get paid enough for what you do in my opinion so guys that's why you hire home inspectors fearless men like bill and the others that he's got so if you could say anything to the realtors all across this world this is a nationwide podcast what would it be to brand new agents what would be the words of wisdom that you would share i would say always be honest and always do the right thing. And then I would say, I would surround yourself with quality and good people. Yep. We, we drive that home. Do what's right, no matter what. No It'll matter be what. cheaper on the front end yes. than it is on the back end. Nothing. Don't hide it, just let it be known. There's nothing worse than having an unsatisfied customer. Right. It's just nothing worse because they're gonna, they, won't, they won't hire you the next time. Whether it's my, whether it's our inspection or the real estate agent, they they want to be happy, and that's what that's what we're supposed to be doing for them. Absolutely, and sixty seven percent of our business here at DeSelms is repeat clients and or referrals from our past clients. For in order to have that level of trust for your clients, that's low hanging fruit. Same thing with you guys; you get the same buyers and clients and coming back and hey you helped me inspect this house when i bought it i want you to inspect my house when i buy the next one whenever you can't put a price on quality honesty and knowing up front guys if you're going to interview inspectors go have a cup of coffee with them if they won't have a cup of coffee with you and you be able to sit down and hear their heart and how they do things and what they recommend if they won't do that then go find another one that will because you're fixing to put a lot of weight it's very very critical in this buying process of this right here of the home inspector don't screw this up this is absolutely critical for your clients because you want them to buy you know not six months down the road hate you and your home inspector because they bought a lemon so bill i cannot thank you enough for your time this morning it's the best 40 minutes i've had all morning so far with you and kempy sitting here in the audience ladies and gentlemen if you are in the greater nashville area you too can have the best home inspector in nashville by going to ultrasoundinspections.com you can get a coffee with Bill or Kempy. I'm sure they'll pay for it if you uh, if you if you ask them to Starbucks. Uh, they'll tell you all that they do. But across the country, wherever you're at, find your own ultrasound home inspectors, uh, quality inspectors in your area that are licensed, that are willing to do what's necessary to make you look good. Bill, thank you for your time. I really appreciate you, brother. Thanks for inviting me.
All right, today, that's it for today, my friends. Please feel free to email me any questions that you might have. Kenny at RookieRealEstate.com. I also appreciate any five-star reviews and any positive comments that you can leave or whatever platform that you are listening on. Please leave those reviews and comments. That's how we get the word out and therefore make a difference in our industry. Special thanks to Scott Parker, my producer and friend, my podcast master. Rookie Real Estate is brought to you by the Sounds Real Estate and Frank Tennessee, where our vision is to be an empowering partner, bringing agents, clients, and communities home. Simply put, we bring you home. Until next time, my friends, better your best.